On January 20th, 1982, 19-year-old Lisa Al left her job at a salon on the island of Oahu, and it was called Susan Beer's Salon. Lisa had stopped by a pokey spot to grab dinner after work for her and her boyfriend, who she was meeting up with later on. So later on, after the dinner and a very fun evening, Lisa Al left the apartment belonging to her boyfriend Doug's sister. Now, it was around midnight when Doug Holmes, Lisa's boyfriend, had walked her to her car, kissing her goodnight, and this was before she was going to make her drive back home in Kahlua. Lisa knew the island very well. I mean, obviously, she had grown up there her entire life. So Lisa's parents woke up the following morning and they were shocked and really confused because their daughter, who was always very, very responsible and reliable, had not arrived home. They were also worried because Lisa had just received her driver's license two days prior. So Lisa's parents, Chester and Patrice, make a call to the University of Hawaii dorms. And this is where Doug had attended school. And they wanted to ask him if she was with him, if he knew where Lisa was, you know, had he had any contact with her. Doug tells Chester and Patrice that he had not seen Lisa since about midnight when she had left the house. So being super concerned about her, he jumps into his car and follows the exact route that Lisa would have taken after leaving his house the evening prior. So it was super rainy that night before. So Doug is looking for her car anywhere on the side of the roads, thinking like she could have possibly crashed. I mean, just trying to find out where she could have been. Doug calls the Honolulu police during his search when he discovers Lisa's car. It was abandoned. It was a brown 1976 Toyota, and it was along the side of the highway in Manalawili. The car was in really bad shape, and this was due to the heavy rain, and her driver's side window had also been left down. So her car's floorboards were filled with about three inches of rainwater and everything inside her little car was completely soaked. So at first thought, he's like, why the heck were the windows down? It was storming last night. There's no reason why she should have rolled her windows down. It just made no sense. Something else that didn't make sense is they discover Lisa's purse on the passenger seat of the car and right away they notice that that purse is bone dry. So there's no way. That doesn't make any sense. At first, yeah, at first sight, does that make sense? Because uh, no. everything inside is soaked. Except for the purse. Except everything for the purse. So right away, the cops know, like, there's no way that this purse was in that spot or anywhere near the front seating area of the car because it would have been completely soaked like the rest of it. Like, this car was completely drenched to the point where there was water running out of the floorboard of the car, like, onto the ground. So, everything seemed to be inside of her purse. Um, There was one thing missing, which was her driver's license, which was a concern from the get-go, but it was later determined that when Lisa had stopped at that poke shop the night before, she wrote a check for the dinner, and she left her license behind on accident. Mm. So within the glove box, though, her registration was missing. It wasn't until 10 days later on January 31st when a man running with his dog comes upon, sadly, Lisa's decomposing body with obvious signs of a homicide. 
Due to the state of decomposition of the body, though, they were not able to determine her cause of death. Oh my God, can you imagine? She's out in the water for all that time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. She's so pretty. <sighs> so there were others that were out on the highway around midnight, and they had remembered seeing Lisa's car on the road, and it appeared to have been pulled over by an undercover officer or a car posing as one. That's so scary. That almost happened to me once when I was driving in San Jose. Isn't that why they tell you, like, if you're on a dark highway or something, wait till you get the light, wait till you see light, pull you off, can put call, your lights on. You can call 911 and, like, verify that that officer yeah. is trying to pull you over so I look in my rearview mirror and there was, I think it was somebody with a flashlight in the passenger seat flashing a chills. red and blue like flashlight because the lights were super unstable. They weren't sinking or anything and they were like on my ass on the 101 freeway and I fucking booked it. Hell yeah. I oh my God. Over. You guys, Marie could be telling a story about <laughs> me right now. How scary. It's, ugh, can't trust anybody Yes, never trust anybody. So the people that were on the road said that they had seen Lisa's car and another one behind it. And there were blue lights flashing from the grill of that vehicle. Well, a Honolulu officer immediately rose to the top of the suspect pool. Now, for over a year, a grand jury had heard and reviewed evidence against this specific officer, but no indictment had come through of it. Residents were putting a lot of pressure on the police officers to make an arrest in Lisa's murder, but there just was not enough, you know, evidence to arrest this specific officer in question. Now, another part of the theory was that the officer could have possibly been involved with her missing license, but once her license was received from the pokey shop, that tells us that, you know, Lisa didn't actually have her license at this time that she was pulled over. So no fingerprints were found in the car, which I think is really odd. I mean, I know there was a lot of water involved, but that was her vehicle. And there was nothing. There was no fingerprints. Not hers, not anybody else's. That's just so strange. Like like Raina said, not hers were found. Nobody's was found. Nobody's were found. So whoever, you know, hurt Lisa, murdered her, maybe dragged her out of the car. They were so meticulous to make sure that they erased every possible trace evidence. And leaving that window down obviously, obviously. helped them to wash anything Yeah, they just away. succeeded in it. So detectives combed through every inch inside of this car, and there, there was just nothing to find. I mean, talk about a clean criminal over there. <laughs> so residents in the family believe that all the focus on this one specific Honolulu police officer in the end compromised this case because they weren't looking at anyone else as a suspect, which to me is true. Like when you stop exhausting all options of possible suspects and you just narrow in on one, it's almost like you have tunnel vision. Yeah. So a lot of precious time was lost in tracking down other evidence in the case, you know, different avenues, but there was a local female resident of the island. And she said that this specific officer in question had pulled her over in the past I'm assuming it was quite a few times because she went on to file harassment charges against him. And she said that she was pulled over while he was off duty. So it's kind of tough to say, like, did they spend too much time for no reason? Did they have enough against him? Did they know more than they were letting the public or the Mm -hmm. family know? Like, we just don't know, which sometimes I wish I could just go down to the police and just be like, tell me what I need to know. (laughs) Give me the facts. (laughs) 
Okay, so get this. The security guard that was at the Mikey Key apartment complex that night that Doug and Lisa were having dinner inside of his sister's apartment, he said that he saw Doug and Lisa arguing at about 11 o'clock at night in the parking lot. There's not like many details about what they were like arguing about or like how heated this argument was. But get this, an officer that was at the scene examining Lisa's car along the side of the road was talking to Doug. And while he was looking at him, he noticed scratches along the side of Doug's face. And get this, those scratches were never investigated at all. So no, nothing. He, there was no questions. Wouldn't asked. that be like even when you find dead bodies, the first thing that they go for is let me see what's under the nails. Let me see what kind of DNA I can pull off. Right? They didn't investigate that. They didn't. Well, I mean, the only thing I think they could have done was maybe questioned him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Got some information from him because DNA wasn't much back then. True. If anything. Where'd the scratches come from, Doug? So exactly, and he. What a cracked. Just kidding. I honestly don't think he had anything to do with it, but that is a fact in the story. So Doug was also given two lie detector tests, which he failed, but Doug was able to talk his way out of those failed tests. He said the reason he felt like I kind of want to laugh right now. Okay, he said the reason he failed the test was because he felt guilty about what happened to Lisa. He said that he should have driven her home that night knowing how new she was to driving and probably because of the fact that she didn't have much experience driving in the rain. I don't really know how I feel about that. I was just going to ask you how you felt about that. Like... He if literally were, talked like, his way out of it. Lie detector N- test. Sorry, not- guys. I just feel guilty about something. I can't take it. I gotta go. Right? Sorry, I failed. I failed. If that were the case, like a lot of people would everybody be do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doug, we would like you to let us know how you did that. <laughs> Doug, we need you to write a book. Oh my god. So there was a second witness. Her name was Charlotte Kamaka, and she had came forward after hearing about Lisa's disappearance. She was a local newspaper delivery woman, and she was delivering the local morning paper in that area when she witnessed something very disturbing, you guys. She said that she had seen a blue car when it passed by her, and there was a male driver and a clear female in the passenger seat, and she was slumped over. Like, she could clearly see this, you guys. This is nuts. Yeah, and she said that she kept watching the car as it made its way past her, and it took a slight turn on a windy part of the road, and the female in the passenger seat fell over. Like She was close enough to witness She this. was, cl- Yeah, she saw it That's all. a pretty clear thing to have in your brain. And she is sure about what she's seen. Yeah. Charlotte continued on her route a bit more, and that same blue car made its way past her again. But this time, guess what? It was just the driver. Nobody was in the car. So Charlotte, she was sure. She did not see anybody in that passenger I wanna seat. I want to know like how close she was though. I do too. Because, because if she's seen the body slump over before and how much time went by? Or and what if the what if the what if the passenger then had just leaned the other was, way and was on his lap or something? Not discrediting, not discrediting. Not what discrediting. She saw, yeah, no. But I just, she could have been laying down in the car all the way this time. I just want to. Yeah, I kind of just want to know. And this yeah. story is very straightforward. Like the facts are the facts, mm-hmm. and all of the research you kind of get the same story all the way through. So we have a few questions. So yeah, we do. We Charlotte? do have some questions. <laughs> 
So she wasn't sure if the person in the car was, like we said, slumped over. She wasn't sure either, but it bothered her enough that she came forward. Like she was perturbed by this. So Charlotte, she didn't report this to anyone until 10 days after Lisa's body was found in the same area that Charlotte's route was that night. So she ends up making multiple calls, you guys. Like she called the police over and over, but no one returned her phone call. So the more Charlotte heard about the information on the case, the more she was sure that this was Lisa and Doug that she had seen that night. That's what she's saying. She thought it was Lisa and Doug. And that just kind of makes me think like this whole officer may involve may have been involved situation. Like but you would think the cops would call her back right away. This is big information. That's huge information. She's potentially an eyewitness to a case with no witnesses. Come down, make so, a statement, give me a lineup. Like, are they covering up for that, their own? That's what it would appear to be. Especially if they're not. That doesn't I mean, make me comfortable. Or they're not even just calling her back to just over the phone say, hey, can we just get a quick statement? Like she's leaving them mm-hmm. voicemail after voicemail. Like I have this and they don't want to hear anything. Yeah. That's just I don't, strange. I'm not comfortable with that. I won't be visiting Oahu. Sorry, guys. <laughs> not on our bucket list. So Lisa's rest would be disrupted when her casket was exhumed so that a very well-respected coroner from Los Angeles could do a second autopsy on her. He went and retrieved her skull to try to determine a cause of death. When she was exhumed and the casket was opened, everyone freaked out because of the horror that they witnessed. Lisa was discovered to have been buried, you guys, within the same body bag that she was put in when her body was recovered from the side of the road. That's, excuse my language, fucking insane. That is so disrespectful. Like, oh, we're just going to peel her off the road here and just throw her into the casket. That means they did not do an official autopsy on her. There's no way because she was covered in dirt and brush sticks were still stuck to her the way that they recovered her and any thing that was on her body debris was still on her in that bag so it's no wonder why there was no cause of death that was determined at the time that she was discovered i also read in a part online that they wanted to like test her or some article of clothing and they were like the autopsy people or somebody involved with the law enforcement was like, oh, we're not sure if we buried the jacket with her or if we sent it off to forensics. It was like a little snippet I read. I'm like, you don't know where part of her clothing is? There like, were actually what? parts of her that went missing. Yes. So And they were like, oh, sorry, when the when the family wanted to see all the documents and, to, you know, we'll try and piece it together if you're not going to. They're like, well, we're not really sure where we put that. Like, yeah. So I don't know where I put that shoe. Like, no, this is a freaking homicide you don't know where it is so inexperienced horrible so lisa's parents have both passed away now chester her father is buried right next to lisa and her mother is nearby i believe her mother is like in a memorial wall Mm. um within the same cemetery but a little ways away so it's just really sad that they passed away before finding any answers. Getting any justice. I know. Lisa's sister was seven years old at the time that Lisa was murdered. And she is fully invested in this case. And she has given law enforcement basically the okay to do anything that they have to do to give her answers. I would probably do answers. 
Yeah, like the same. If I was in the same, you know, scenario, I would probably do the same thing. Like, yeah. you're not going to fight for answers, then I will. Like, this is my family. Totally. It's her sister, her big sister. And I hope they finally solve this case. I know. Put it to rest for the family. You guys, thank you for joining us today. If you guys have a case, please drop a comment on our social media or you can send us a DM. Do it on our website. It's at Those Murder Girls Podcast. Also, Those Murder Girls Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And before you guys start your next true crime podcast, <laughs> go ahead and leave us a five-star review, please, wherever you're listening right now. We'll wait. We're waiting right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We hope you all have a safe weekend, and we will see you back here next week for a case out of Wisconsin. Bye, Bye guys. guys.